Welcome to season three of Motivate Me. We invite you to travel the 50 states in 90 days as we interview people about their passion. Why? In order to inspire you to live a life that's more exciting or more meaningful. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Today we are in New Hampshire and we are speaking to Richard Bodie, who is from Epsom, New Hampshire. So first of all, Richard, thank you so much for having a conversation with us today. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we've been traveling the 50 states, talking to people about their passions. Mm. And from what I've heard, you're a pretty passionate person. <laughs> Can you tell us exactly what your passion is? Well, I would say my passion probably is connected a little bit more with my, with my story over the last four or five years. And it began with a car accident that I was in. And this car accident caused me for the first time to actually sit still long enough to actually take a self-evaluation of where I am and where I was. And get to that point where I said, you know what, there are some things that I don't like. There are some things that, at least at the time, I would have said are broken and I think I need some help. And that was the open door to a, you know, a journey of self-discovery over the next, these past four years. So would you say that your self-discovery is your passion right now or, or a big one for you? It's, it's a big beginning of it because uh, taking the layers off, and, I, and it's been described for me before, I guess I'm a very visual person, I think of it this way, is like an onion. You know, you peel a layer off and there's another layer underneath it. And the deeper that you peel into the onion, it just reveals more and more and more. And my journey of self-discovery, you know, really kind of peeled back layers down to that core, that authentic, that authenticity, the authentic and the transparent and the genuine self of who I know myself to be today. Which I think is really important for my audience, right? Because I know that one of the things you said to me before was just about doing the steps of mm. your everyday life oh, yes. and walk, sure, going sure. through those emotions. Mm. So many of us are doing that. And, and I think, you know, I go around and I talk to people about these passions that they've incorporated. Mm. But in order to first do that, you have to figure out who you are and what you want first. And I feel like that's where you're starting right now. Yeah, and you're saying it really just right. So if I could describe myself for where I was, maybe could I tell a little bit of a story? Is that Absolutely, okay? Absolutely, yeah. So. There were steps beforehand, but I ended up at a class, and it was a uh, personal development leadership seminar that I went to saying, okay, this is going to help my business, I'm, gonna, I'm getting away from whatever, this is going to help me, I'm going to grow, you know, it'll be all great. And I got to the, the first night of this class that I was in, and we went through a group exercise, and I've done these sorts of things before in certain ways, but the, the result was really quite different. I left that out to exercise really, really being upset. So much so that this was the second day of this seminar. I said, that's it. I came to you know, be encouraged, to be built up, to learn some things. I did not come you know, to be made fun of or, to be, or in my head at that moment to be little, to be made fun of or to be humiliated before people. And I went to bed that night saying, tomorrow morning, that's it, I'm in San Francisco. I'm just going to pack my bags, spend a day in San Francisco, change my flight and go home early. And I woke up in the middle of that night and I was still upset. 
And I don't know where this came from because I typically would never do this sort of thing, but I asked myself, why am I so upset? And to maybe keep the story a little bit shorter, probably about a half an hour went by that I'm asking myself why until finally the reality of what had gone on kind of intersected with where I was and I came to a conclusion about why I was upset. And I said to myself, oh no, that's not true. So I went through the system about 20 different times trying to get a different result. No, no, that's not true about me. No, no, that's not true about me. That's certainly not true about me. And then in the final reality that, I don't know if you're, you know, ever been in that place where you have an awareness or a clarity of vision that you've never had before? Well, this was one for me. Where in that moment, the, that, that, that shroud before my eyes was pulled down and I could really see me in where I was in that moment. And the reality of it was I said, oh no, it's true. What I was saying was the result of that. And I began to weep. It was two o'clock in the morning and I was in a hotel room. I was uh, with one, a friend of mine that we went to the class together and I started to weep and questioning, oh no, this is true about me. And then going through the machinations of, well, how long had this been true? And so I did a little bit more of that kind of pulling on a thread, if that makes any sense. And the end of that thread really was this, well, okay, if this is not me, and really the discovery was is that I had been wearing a mask all my life. And in my mind before that point, I thought the ma I really thought the mask was me. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. I really thought the mask was- You believed was, it. Yeah, I thought that the, the purpose of life was to do what you had to do to, to build this mask because that's what people liked, that's what people came to, that's what people responded to, that's, that was my world. I, and I thought that was me. And to be, to be in that point in this moment at two o'clock in the morning where the mask was pulled back far enough for me to say, oh no, there's a mask. And, and what's the next natural question to ask after that? Okay, well, if this is a mask and this mask is really not me, then who am I? <laughs> and I started to weep in that moment. And I was weeping in my bed for the next five hours. I did not sleep. I just, I don't know what those housekeepers thought when they found that bed the next day. <laughs> but it just, I couldn't uncontrollably with that question, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And I had a rough upbringing. It was, there were a lot of challenges. And by the time I got to breakfast that next morning, I decided to stay, by the way. It was a good choice. But when I got to breakfast that morning, by the time I had to get up, my friend was waking up and he's like, come on, we got, and I'm kind of hiding my face. My eyes were probably puffy like this. And by that point, I had come up with one answer. And that's all that I knew. And it was, well, who am I? I'm just a poor, lonely boy looking for somebody to love him. That was four and a half years ago. And even today, I feel the, how do you say, the, um, the power of that. Now, back then, it was with the wave of everything that went along with that. But today, I don't look back on that with regret because that was the first step of a journey of self-discovery that I've been able to be on for these last four years. And it's been amazing. And the thing is, Richard, at that point in your time, when you're, when you're saying you just want somebody to love you, it's not like you, know, you were alone in the world. You yeah. were married yeah. for over 25 years, probably at that yeah. point, yeah. four children, yeah. Yeah. and still questioning this for yourself. Yeah. Well, at that point, again, this will be discovered a little bit later on, but just to realize that for all of those years, how I had, this is how I explain it. I had taken a bulletproof vest, 
and I can go back to the time. There was really a moment as like a 19-year-old man, I remember. I put that bulletproof vest on and I said, damn it, nobody's ever going to hurt me again. I will never let anybody close enough so that they could hurt me. Never, ever, ever again. And that bulletproof vest was zipped up very, very securely and impacted all my relationships. Because none of the, I had good relationships, but just good. Because I never let anybody into me. And conversely, I never let myself out. And this period of time that I've gone through has been those, if you can imagine just a nine-year-old boy, so to speak, it's like, take the, the, the tentative unbuckling or unzipping that vest and saying, okay, this is the genuine me. You know, will you love me? And the answer has been yes. Right, but you had a lot to go through to get to where you are at this stage. Sure. So what kind of hesitations or challenges did you have? Oh my gosh, yeah. Over the well, last three or four years? <laughs> well, some of them would be, you know, maybe some of the obvious things where it's, you know, that get, being that, that gut level honest with myself, you know, at, you know, about just with everything in life and willing to go down that road. You know, I, we had talked before, I described how, you know, I think everybody has like a room in their house where their demons are kept. And, you know, for me, they were kept in this room, lock barred, secured. I knew they were there, but I said they're just going to stay there. And for me, probably one of the greatest challenges for me was to make the choice. Instead of running away from these, you know, events, some of, of my own choosing, some they were chosen for me, patterns of living. There was just all of those sorts of things that had just had been chasing after me. I said, I'm tired of running. And I stopped running and I turned around and one at a time reaching into this closet and pulling these dragons out and making the choice to do the hard work to wrestle with each one of them. So what do you think you've learned most about yourself? Mm -hmm. To be present in the moment. Probably one of the greatest discoveries of my life. You know, I can't change the past. You know what? Even I can change the story of the past. Like I could give you tales of woe of the things of the past that you know, have been maybe this, this room of, of demons, so to speak. You know what? But I've changed my story about what those mean. Because as I was able to reach into that room and pull those demons out and call them by name, and today those events and places and people and things, they're not out of my life. They're actually a very integral part of my life. And now they're not locked in a room where they are, they're never discussed, they're never talked about, they are ignored. They are pictures and picture frames that hang on the wall of my home right now. Can you give me an example of one of those things just so my audience really can connect with what you're saying? Because I know so many people are, are going through this. Sure, sure. I think our relationships with our parents probably have a lot of bearing. And I grew up with a stepdad and a mom. My mom had me when she was still a teenager. And for a lot of years, I blamed mom for a lot of things. It's because of you, because of you, because of you. And you know what? My mom was a scared 19-year-old girl, just barely, when she had me, and I was her second child. She did the best she could. She was a woman that grew up with abuse. She, grew, she had much horrible life compared to mine. She did the best she could. And to realize that here my mom, and yet here my mom and my dad are still alive, and I just had dinner with them last night. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. And yet I look, in the, when I'm in the presence of my mom and even my stepdad, I love them, because I rec I'm able to see now that they did the best they could. They didn't set out to wreck anybody's life. And the story that I said all those years to say, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. No, that's not true. 
And I get to change that story for me to say, you know what? It's because of those events, because of those people, because of those things, I am the man that I am today. And that's amazing to be in that place, to be able to be satisfied and comfortable. And actually to have those paintings that are hanging on the wall, they're not tales of woe anymore. They're tales of my journey that have brought me through to today. And I can't control the, well, I can exercise some measure of control of the future, but you know, the future is the future. I can change a little bit about the story of the past, but you know what I can control? I can control being present here right now with you. So how has incorporating this passion of self-development, how has that enriched your life? All right. uh, we could probably spend a lot of time talking about those mm -hmm. sorts of things, but I would say um, I could talk about relationship, I could talk about career, and I could talk about maybe, uh, maybe my personal pursuits and whatnot, and they probably all roll together. I think everybody has moments in their life when, if they choose, a juncture or fork in the road, do we choose to play it safe and to maybe sometimes it's a retreat back to what's comfortable? Maybe it's to choose the road that's a little bit easier, but then there's always that other choice to choose a road that is difficult. And I think the courageous ones choose the road that's more difficult. Why? Not because they're looking for pain in their life, but the courageous ones know that real growth takes place when you choose that road. Because the difficult times, the challenges of life are the things that cause us to develop as human beings. In the time that I had that choice, and even today when I have those choices, I choose a difficult road. So to give an example, um, I have uh, some uh, tools, for lack of a better word, some tools and some items that I have designed through my career that, that I've always said, who am I? I'm just a poor little kid from the six of New Hampshire. Who am I to do something cool or to build something unique or to do something that would be you know, really cool or really big? And so to be able to peel that layer off and to say, why not me? And so that's one of the things that you talk about a passion is that I have is, you know, I've got, we, we talked about, I do have a quite a, bit, a very good creative mind. It's really funny that you kind of pinned that on me early on. But well, I have a creative when you showed me the, <laughs> the map of the United States that you made out of license plates. Yeah. And if anybody's used to watching my show, they know this entire 50 yeah. state tour was based on a map that I saw yeah. similar to that. Only yeah. I have to tell you, yours is way cooler. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool too. <laughs> But I do, you know, that, that sort of thing, that's level of creativity and to be able to take that into, you know, these couple things that I have designed to actually bring them to fruition. So that is one of my passions to create solutions, mechanical solutions. You know, I actually have a mission statement there for, to create mechanical solutions at work. Well, and the thing is, Richard, about you is that to many people's standards, you were somebody who was successful. You were successful in business, you know, you're, you were married for a very long time, a beautiful family, and all these things. And so that's one of the things that I think is so powerful for my audience to hear is, you know, you, you created the picture, but when you realize that, you know, this was a mask and behind it, you know, behind this facade, yeah. you really weren't who you wanted to be. You took action on that despite everything else. Right. And I remember saying that, uh, there was a period of my life when I stood up, it was in a group setting, and I stood up and I said, and this is the first time that I've ever like, spoken in public about personal things. Uh, so it was a couple, about three years ago, I said, 
I've been alive for 47 years, but I truly feel like I'm living for the first time. It was very powerful. I don't know what everybody, anybody else thought about that, but it was very powerful for me. It is powerful. So what advice would you give people about pursuing a passion no matter what their passion is? Yeah. It's do something that you enjoy. Boy, I, boy, for so many years focused on money that the dollar value, the dollar figure is what, was, it, what it was all about. What's do, the measure? Yeah, that's the measure. But do something that you enjoy. You know, and, there's, and, and in that discovery, and again, I've, I've been, had the chance, I've had the great chance to be able to do this for myself, to be able to say, well, what do I love? What do I believe in? And, you know, I've also found that um, in the midst of all these things, it's, it's, it's always has a relationship element to it, which I, again, I'm kind of, this is a little bit new for me, and I'm still discovering this for me, but even in something as simple as designing a tool, there's a part of it that's about a relationship with another human being. And there's something in me that just, uh, it just resonates with the connection that's made there. How can people get in touch with you if they would like to? Uh, you know, certainly via Facebook or, you know, I can leave my information with you and that would be fine. But uh, I really do enjoy talking about these sorts of things. Do you want to give us your email address here? Yes, it's uh, rbodie, B-O-D-D-I-E 9, at yahoo.com. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking You're to welcome. us today. And thank you for the privilege of being part of your show. Thank you. It's really cool. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 States in 90 Days Lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along